Hey everybody, this is Team Marks. Thanks for joining me on the Paychecks Business Series. We have a really fun guest coming up, very energetic and animated and a great conversation uh, with Dr. Casey Chosewood, who is the Director of the Office for Total Worker Health at the National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, Casey is gonna to talk to us all about uh, what total worker health is, and there's really two big parts to it, he explains. There's obviously safety, you don't want people tripping and falling on the production floor, and things that you can do to make sure that your, your place of business is safe. But then there's also mental health as well, and the growing need to address these issues, um, and, and how you can identify them, and, and what you can do to help your employees as um, this issue itself is, you know, continues to grow in awareness. So, uh, Casey, thank you so much for joining us. I'm glad we're here to have this conversation. Thanks, Gene. It's really great to be with you guys today. Really but, appreciate but, it. Where are you talking from? Where are you right now? So I'm joining you from Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta, as you know, is the headquarters for the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, and there are 10 centers at CDC. That's why there's the S on the word centers. And one of those centers is our National Institute for Occupational Safety and Health. We're actually based uh, most of our staff in laboratories around the country doing research in worker right. safety and well-being. And our director is in Washington because of the close relationship we have with the Department of Labor and OSHA. Got it. All right, fine. So, um, so Casey, you know, so you're the director of Office for Total Worker Health. We're going to get into that and what you do and what that means. But uh, let's first of all do a quick recap. And I don't, I don't think you have to belabor the point that it's been a tough year. Uh, and obviously, as we're speaking right now, we're here at the end of April, uh, you know, offices are beginning to open up. My son works for like one of those giant uh, international accounting and finance firms, and they're already announcing they're bringing back people during the summer and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, what are your thoughts right now as business owners get back to bringing employees back to the office? Um, what, you know, what do you think? Is it, is it safe? Is it not safe? Do you feel confident that we're going to be returning to a normal work environment anytime soon? Yeah, thanks for that uh, question, Gene. Uh, you know, it perhaps is quite an understatement to say this has been a tough year and workers have been really on the front line of this challenge, right? You think about some of the essential functions that had to continue in our society, perhaps at the very top of the list, the essential workers in healthcare, right? And, and they have faced a, a tremendous uphill battle. Mm -hmm. um, even before the pandemic, there were high rates of burnout, high levels of stress, a lot of turnover, challenges in healthcare. Uh, when you add on top of that, the tremendous demands that have come from the pandemic, it's no wonder that there haven't been a lot of people who've suffered and you know, just the constant grief, the isolation from their families, the worry about their own personal safety, all those things mix to make it a very, very difficult year. The good news is, though, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, hopefully. You know, we're not completely out of the woods, but things are looking better. Um, we expect, you know, to continue to see improvement. Um, we know that lots and lots of states are continuing to open more and more of their businesses and, and um, increasing capacity. Um, I would direct folks to take a look at CDC's pandemic website if you haven't seen it. It has some very specific tools, solutions, recommendations for small businesses. And I would say those are going to be very valuable. They are also updated regularly to take advantage of the evolving and, and the growing uh, evidence base that we have about how to protect ourselves best. And the other message I would say 
is the vaccinations are extremely valuable. They are working. They are changing the trajectory of this pandemic. So we would encourage business owners, customers, staff, uh, leaders to, to take a stand about vaccination in their own spaces so that we can increase the uptake of vaccines around the nation. Yeah, it's a, it's a really sticky point with some business people, and and I get it. Some people, you know, have their issues about vaccinations, and and everybody, you know, they can have their opinions. That's fair enough. Um, I do think that it's a good thing to encourage your workers to do it. There's a tax credit that will reimburse you as an employer uh, if you give your workers time off to get the vaccinations. I'm not a big fan of requiring people to do it because I think there's you know there, there's issues there. But uh, I'm fully vaccinated. Are you? Are you? Uh, did you get yours? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Thumbs up. Thumbs up there. Yeah. It's fantastic. So I have been outside dancing and clubbing every single night. It's been just <laughs> one big party for the past two weeks, as usual, right? Um, <laughs> I, let's, <laughs> let's talk about your total worker health. So you're the director of the office for total worker health. Um, right. What exactly does that mean? You know, that's perhaps my favorite question. It's been really the last 10, 12 years of my life dedicated to this really new emerging area within occupational safety and health. So perhaps maybe just a short story to tell you, you know, sort of the, the best way to understand what total worker health is all about. Sure. So imagine three companies. The first company is, is, doesn't do really a good job in protecting their workers. It's not safe on the job. There are too many hazards. The demands of that work do not match the capabilities, the staffing levels, the um, safety you know, pr protocols and programs in place. Well, those workers at the end of the day, they're gonna go home with less health than when they arrived that morning. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously that's not good, right? That, that means that workers are trading their health for wages. So it's not good for anybody. And eventually it won't be good for the business either. Right. The sort of the second company is one that does take care of the safety challenges that those workers face. And those workers at the end of the day do go home with the same level of health that they arrived with that morning. You know, okay, they're following the law, they're doing what they have to do to keep their workers safe and they're getting the job done. But the best companies, the ones that people clamor to work for, the ones where there's lower turnover, the ones where there's a happier, more fulfilling work experience are those companies that keep their workers safe, but they don't stop there. They add to the workplace experience. They introduce policies, programs, practices that increase the opportunity for workers to become healthier. That might take uh, you know, a dozen different looks and, and sort of approaches and strategies depending on what the needs of those workers are. But mm -hmm. the good news at the end of the day with the total worker health approach, people go home with more health than they arrived with that morning. And you say, that's great for the worker, it's great for their families and their communities, but they bring that additional level of health with them back to the workplace the next morning. And the organization benefits as well, you know, in addition to the individual worker. People are more fulfilled, they're better at customer service, they have fewer injuries, they have fewer illness, fewer healthcare spending dollars go out the door. That's really the promise of total worker health. Good for workers, good for organizations, good for our society as a whole. Can you give me some examples of, of what companies 
should be doing. Just just a couple of examples that would would, would really uh, increase workers' health. And and if if I can't guess, you use like um a, a, a typical small business, a distributor, a, you know, a landscaper, a, you know, sure. a job shop, a manufacturer, something dirty. You know, right. that's you got people in the production floor, you got people in the office. Sure. Um, just a couple of examples. Like what what could they be doing? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, oftentimes people say small businesses can't do this. This is the kind of Cadillac plan for the Fortune 500 companies. But we're here to say that some of the most successful companies that get it right are the small and medium-sized companies, oftentimes because there's fewer layers of decision-making for putting in better policies and better approaches. So, you know, a lot of people automatically jumped, okay, we're going to build a gym at the office, or we're going to put in treadmills in the break room, or we're going to um, maybe give people, um, you know, healthier choices in the vending machines. I would say take, those are things that could work and they may be exactly what workers want. And if, and if that's the case, go for it. But I would say I would back up and I would start the total worker health approach by asking workers, Hey, what do you like about your job? And what do you don't like about your job? So focus on the way the job itself is crafted Hmm. as the first way you're going to make the biggest difference. We call that the participatory approach, asking your team, whether it's five people or 50 people or 2,000 people, what are the pain points that you face every day? What are ways that we can solve problems for you both here at work and don't be afraid to ask in your personal life as well? Because the boundary between work and personal life is going away. Right. We need to find better ways to say it is a work-related issue if you're having a financial concern at home. It is a work-related issue if you have a substance use disorder or if you have an untreated mental health issue because we don't separate those parts of our lives. When I come to the office, I don't leave my issues in the parking lot or, or at home and vice versa. If I'm having a stressful day at work, I carry those issues home sure. with me to my family and my loved ones. So first of all, asking the question, what is it you need? And then taking steps to solve those problems. If it ails you as a worker, it is a total worker health sort of focus that we should put our resources toward. We also think that changing policy and changing the challenges that workers face is more powerful than trying to fix an issue or build a sort of a worker with a harder shell or more resilience at the end of the day. Trying to decrease stressors that workers face is really a way to help workers thrive. Got it. You know, it, it's funny as you're talking about um, you know worker health. I mean, there, there's really two big parts of it. And, and tell me if you agree or disagree to this. I mean, there's safety on the job. So I mean, like OSHA safety, like not right. slipping on the factory floor and, and breaking your neck, and you know, and that kind of safety. Um, and then there's just mental health and reduction yeah. of stress. You know, there's. Right. There's those two things. So, um, so first of all, let me ask you, when you talk about total worker health, just does that encompass all of that? I'm assuming Absolutely. that it does. Okay. Yeah. When, when the word total is in your title, <laughs> there's kind of nothing that we leave off. Okay, uh, Mr. Scientist. Right. All right. I got you. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Fair enough. Um, yeah. So it let me, so challenging let me, though, right? It is. And it's good. So let me break that down though. Okay. First of all, on the safety side of things. Okay. Um, I know this year, uh, the, the Biden administration plans a lot of, um, you know, changes to some of the safety rules, some upgrading. Um, I know there's a lot of talk with OSHA will be coming out with some safety rules sometime, uh, this year as well. So just so that you're, again, it's a total worker health conversation. Um, you know, where would somebody go? Where would you recommend somebody, a business owner would go to get help making sure that their, their workplace is safe? 
you know, who would, who do you think they should talk to first? And then I want to talk about mental health, but I'm just kind of curious what sure. advice you have. Yeah, the good news is that the, you know, two, what I would say, two of the really best websites for this kind of information that's really accessible to businesses of all sizes is OSHA.gov and our website, NIOSH.gov. Okay. And those two will allow you to drill down through a really nice search engine on hundreds of different topics and challenges that your workplace your workplace may be facing. Some people benefit from having a, you know, sort of a, a safety consultant or a guide right. along the way, especially if they have high hazard work. Right. But we also have a series of workplace solutions documents that probably would mirror the vast majority of workplaces out there where you could actually say, hey, these are the top 10 common problems that people have in nail salons or on construction sites or in retail environments and coffee shops and drill down into what those challenges are and how you can solve them. That level of detail is available. The good news is that while OSHA is regulatory, NIOSH is not. So we're really all about the science. We're not a regulatory agency. We don't come in and and make rules and issue fines. We're doing the science that really helps people improve the health outcomes, the safety outcomes of their workers. That's great. That's great advice. Actually, I'm I'm speaking to a group of uh, manufacturers tomorrow, actually, and you know, one of these topics is about you know worker safety. Um, I did, you know, I, I was going to recommend OSHA.gov, but NIOSH. So it's N-I-A-S-H dot gov. Is that am I saying the right yeah, site? NIOSH. N-I-O-S-H. Standing for National Institute Occupational Safety Health. Got it. Okay. So everybody make sure you got the N-I-O-S-H dot gov. Correct. Okay. That's great. Okay. So that's physical safety when you're in the office. Super important, obviously, for lots of different reasons. Uh, Let's talk about like your mental health and stress. Um, Talk to me about that. Like how big an issue is this? Why do we need to be concerned? What do we do about it? Yeah. You know, when we ask uh, employers, what are your main challenges? What are you hearing from your employees? What are you, your managers and supervisors struggling with? Workplace stress and mental health concerns are oftentimes at the very top of the list. If they're not number one, they're oftentimes number two or number three. This is a critical issue. It's also, unfortunately, a leading cause of disability. Mental health disorders are a very costly long-term disability, and it can be a challenge for people, especially if not treated, to return to work in a timely manner or ever to return to work. So it's a critical issue, a costly issue. And if you don't mind, if I can interrupt you, um, this issue has been on the rise, I know, over the past two decades. And am I right in saying that the issue is on the, it's, I bet you these mental health issues always existed in businesses in, even in the 1930s and forties, but it's just now there's just much more awareness about it and more um, people are more willing to talk about it. Does that, does that make sense? I think it's a combination of both increased awareness and people's willingness to sort of overcome some of the very strong historical stigma that has been around some of these issues like depression, anxiety, substance use disorders, you know, the risk for suicide, all all sort of encased in, in stigma, which slows down our opportunity to intervene. But I also think that the pace of our lives the increased demands on our lives, the sort of the role of technology and sort of putting everybody on fast forward. Um, some of our research actually looks at some of the future of work challenges that may come about because of all these new technologies, especially when sort of people, humans are not at the center of the decision-making process 
front for these new technologies. So I would say it's probably a combination of increased recognition, decreasing stigma, awareness building has made people more likely to talk about it and to say, yes, I really am suffering here. But also the new demands of our modern economy, this sort of all on 24 seven. There are also a lot of workers still with very challenging work experiences. Hazardous work is one thing, but what about those workers who have to piece together multiple jobs? just to make one income. My guess is that many of your small business owners have part-time workers. Most people can't live on a part-time income. So that worker who works 20 hours in your facility will also go and work 10, 15, 20, 30 hours at other facilities. That increases the stressors on those workers. It decreases their ability to spend time with those they care about, increases their commutes. That kind of piecing together of work leads to a really significant drain on one's health through the process called time poverty. I'm so busy earning a living, there's no time left over for me to pursue any other healthy habits, activities, or behaviors. Right. So listen, I mean, I I think it's presumed that there is a certain percentage of our employees that you know, that either have or are struggling with some degree of, of mental health issues. I mean, I think that's just, that's just a given. So if you're running a company with 10 employees or 100 employees, um, there is going to be a percentage of them that, that, that have this issue. So what do we do as business owners? Like, how, are we, how do we become aware of this stuff and what should yeah. we do? You know, our research has shown that the workplace can be an excellent venue to help these workers not only manage and come through any kind of condition they have, but to thrive and to become very valuable, dependable, um, very productive workers, especially if they have the right environment. And we call our approach to this workplace-supported recovery. It's good for mental health issue. It's good for substance use disorders. It's good for people who've had any really underlying chronic challenge whether it's diabetes or you know back injury, if you have a workplace that's supportive of their recovery and their full return to work, most people will succeed in doing that and probably exceeding expectations because they say, wow, this my supervisor is so supportive. My workplace has made sure my benefits are in place and I'm not suffering financially. I've got paid leave when I need it. All important total worker health interventions, by the way, mm-hmm. that when those things are in place, People feel a certain sense of connection, of family relatedness to their employer. And that oftentimes pays itself back many times over through retention, through, you know, people feeling engaged, you know, when people sort of do more than they have to do to keep the job, that's engagement, right? Right. sort of discretionary effort that people put in because they're really pleased with the employment relationship they have. That is when you know your organization is thriving when you have high levels of engagement, and when things go wrong, when things are tough, whether it's depression, diabetes, and injury, that's when we need more supportive supervision. We need more flexibility given to those workers. We need attention to wages, benefits, and leave policies. Those are really important total worker health approaches to these really critical times. All right, Casey. So we've only got about a minute left, but um, you know, all the issues that you've raised are great issues, um, and being aware of this stuff obviously is critical. Um, it, the obvious question is is privacy, um, you know, and so how you know again put yourself in the shoes of a person running a business maybe they're aware you know or have some some idea that their employees might be struggling with some kind of mental health issue. How do you how do you advise reaching out to that employee without? freaking them out because they feel like their, their privacy is being violated. 
right? You know, privacy and confidentiality are extremely important. Mm -hmm. There are legal reasons to keep people's personal medical issues and their workplace separated. So we'll completely agree. What we like to say is we think supervisors should, for every employee, not just for those that they suspect have an issue, but open the door, have the openness, take steps to lower stigma, take steps to increase people's awareness, not only about conditions themselves, but about the solutions that are available. Hey, let me tell you about the employee assistance program that we have available for all our employees who might have an issue, or the financial counseling that we might offer, or hey, we're going to start a peer support group. Hmm. Supervisor doesn't need to know anything about it. Every Monday, you know, at work or somewhere else, we're going to have a peer support group for people who are struggling with this issue. Care, caregiver of, a, say, a, a, you know, a family member with dementia or a caregiver for someone who has a substance use disorder in the family, or maybe it's for a personal issue. All of those ways are low risk that safeguard privacy and confidentiality that say we are willing to talk about these issues and help you if there's a problem, and we'll protect your privacy and your job through the process itself. Dr. Casey Chosewood is the Director of Office for Total Worker Health at the National Institute for Occupational Health, Safety and Health and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And Casey, again, that's NIOSH.gov, correct? You got it. Guidance and documentations. Thank you so much. You're awesome. I have, I have a lot more questions and no more time, but we'll, we'll have to have you back. Um, obviously, that. the issues with mental health and total worker safety are, are not only not going to go away, but they're going to increase in importance and priority over the coming years. And I think your role in all of this is uh, it's just fantastic. And you have a lot of great advice to give. So thank you so much. Great, Gene. Super to be with you today. Thank you. And guys, for those of you that are listening, if you need more tips and advice and help for running your business, please visit us at paychecks.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. My name is Gene Marks. We will look to see you next time. Take care. All right. Casey, that was great. This podcast is property of Paychecks Inc. 2021. All rights reserved.